0: On this episode of the The CMD Podcast, there's a lot to get into. Tom Brady gets the bag of all bags. And he still might try to go be an owner of a team. We'll talk about it. The Miami Dolphins put out a social media post that did over 3 million views. And it showed their franchise QB in a horrible light. Was it worth it? We'll get there. Y'all applauded J.J. Redick for saying the obvious. Is he justified? Is he the next McAfee? Is his bag soon to come? The NFL schedule was released and way too many of y'all were excited. Is there anything of note? Is there some bets there? Oh yeah, we'll talk about it. And the NBA playoffs are finally getting closer and closer to both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. There's a lot to get into. Let's get it. It's the The CMD Podcast. Hello and welcome to the The CMD Podcast. I'm your host, Sanders May Jr. Follow me on the Elon app at TheCMD, that's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. The podcast is also up there on the Elon app at TheCMD Podcast, all one word. TheCMD.com is the hub for all content, audio, and visual. Subscribe to the podcast, five stars, nothing less, tell a friend, available on the Purple app, the Rogan app, and all major podcasts and platforms. Musical production done by May 1st Music. Support him at soundcloud.com slash May 1st Music. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) Philly. Oh, man. Hi, Philly. How y'all doing out there? Broad Street Bullies broad street bullies <laughs> I can't believe that they went out there and <laughs> <laughs> Kobe is. <and> Sh- <laughs> I still can't say it <laughs> oh shit oh man oh man nine years nine years of the process it's been nine years of the process and they can't even get to not one not one conference final (laughs) yo oh (laughs) Not one dog, not not one Corpus (laughs) Finals. Oh shit. So I saw this on Twitter and this this about sums it up. This this is perfect. I mean I'm 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 still Chief Nick hater number one. Let let's be clear. I think I'm rising the ranks in Chief Sixer hater. Uh but you know right now this tweet right here. Nine years after the process began, the 76ers still haven't advanced further than DeAndre Iguodala, Drew Holiday, Thaddeus Young, Evan Turner, Lou Williams Nucleus that took the Celtics to seven games in the Eastern Conference semis in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> you Thad Young Thad Young Evan Turner Evan Turner <laughs> Y'all have had The second place MVP two years in a row Two Years in a row And you can't get to the conference Finals Not once Not once Oh my God, they've had how many All-Stars, they gave up everything for the beard, and they can't get to the conference, not even just to game one of the conference finals. They can't get out the second round. They can't get out the second round with a dude that's finished second in MVP voting back-to-back years. Back-to-back years. Last year was one dude who didn't want to shoot in the fourth quarter. That was the problem. He had a passive-aggressive second-best player behind him. The number two option was passive-aggressive and didn't want to shoot in the fourth quarter. What was the problem this year? Oh, that's right. He had another passive-aggressive second option that didn't want to shoot in the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh shit Woo. oh we ain't done we ain't done it's open season it is open season everyone was going crazy when they made the trade when they got Ben up out of there and they finally closed that chapter on Ben they was hype Sixers Twitter was amazing Proclamations all over the place. We got Harden. The tweets were up and down the timeline. Just the word Harden. Up and down the timeline. Retweets galore. Hearts galore. Spaces done on it. Open it up. We are here to talk about the beard going to Philly. Now, all of a sudden, After having the Kobe and shit, (laughs) I still can't say it. (laughs) But wait, I thought I thought y'all remixed it to (laughs) Maxi. I thought, wait, Gabe Vincent could lock up (laughs) Max. Gabe Vincent can lock up the remix to Kobe and shit. Ooh, ooh, hold on. Ooh, wow, damn. (laughs) So Sixers Twitter was going crazy. Absolutely nuts, bananas. It was the highest form of the mental illness that is fandom. It was amazing. And the players embraced it. Coaching staff embraced it. They were lauded for the move, lauded. Now all of a sudden, after failing again to get to the conference finals, after tricking it off again in the second round, now your mans, the one who stole the nickname, The Process, who has put all the pressure upon himself to embody this era called The Process, is now out here trying to duck the smoke, now trying to act like we overvalued all overvalued overestimated what the beard was supposed to bring to Philly
1: everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden um, you too that's not who he's is anymore uh, when did you realize playmaker. that uh, I thought you know, you know times, he was a playmaker you know, but he was an MVP uh, us all of us, uh, could have been man, more man, aggressive. Does, you,
0: see, you, see, you, see, you see how you try to man, sneak man, that in? Man, you see how you try man, to sneak man, that in at man, the end? But hold on, man, though, listen man, to this man, man, clip, man, man, though. Man,
1: everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden. Including um, you. But that's not who he is anymore. That's um, a lot. He's more of a playmaker. That's uh, a lot. Everything you know, here is a lot. You know, yeah, times, you know, could have been. us uh, all of us, uh, could have been more aggressive.
0: He wanted the beard to be more aggressive. He wanted the beard to be more aggressive. Where else have we heard that? Oh, that's right. Last year when he was throwing Ben under the bus. (laughs) When he was throwing Ben under the bus, we heard the same goddamn thing. This shit is hilarious. This shit right here. This shit right here, though. This shit right here is hilarious. This man is trying to now cop please. Oh, it's y'all fault. Y'all the ones who thought we were getting Houston beard. We knew we were getting a lesser beard. And we tried to work around it. Lies. Lies. Fabrication. Fibs. Whatever you want to call it. Lies. That man, that 7'2 Cameroonian with a mangled body is not telling the truth. Say what you will. Cop all the pleas you want, but there's no way that you go from comparing this duo to one of the greatest duos to ever play that won three straight championships together. There's no way you compare that duo to this current duo, and then at the end, when it fails, all of a sudden say, "Oh well, that's y'all fault for thinking we were going to be Kobe and shit." <laughs> still, can't even say it. it's no fucking ridiculous. <laughs> But it's our fault now. We overestimated it. We overhyped it. We gassed it up. But somehow you didn't, Joel. No way you was out here tweeting away when when the trade went down. No way he was out there tweeting, right? So if we go to Joel's timeline for when the trade went down, no way he was gassing it, right? He didn't gaslight none of this, right? He was being humble the whole time, right? He wasn't talking that talk, right? Duck, Duck, Go is your friend. It's there. It's there. And while he'd been looking for a co-star, he'd been looking for a second option that can get the job done and be more aggressive when his body is falling down and breaking itself and is mangled from taking beatings from being a number one option. There was someone who was still pining to be
1: that. I still wish I was on his team I still wish I was on his team I still wish I was on his team Jimmy I still wish I was on his team Jimmy I still wish I was on his team I still wish I was on his team Jimmy I still wish I was on his team I still wish I was on his team he was right there you had him I still wish I was on his team he was right there I still wish I was on his team
0: in your locker room
1: I still wish I was on his team and you had the chance to keep him I still wish I was
0: on his team but now all of a sudden you don't know what happened. That's another thing Joel said. Oh, I don't know what happened between Jimmy and management. I still wish I was on his team. Oh, you didn't.
1: I still wish I was on his team. But you're so close. I still wish I was on his team.
0: But you don't know what happened.
1: I still wish I was on his team. You didn't have the chance to go into management. I still wish I was on his team. And say you want to keep Jimmy Butler? I still wish I was on his team. You're trying to get that off? I still wish I was on his team. You think the fans are that dumb to believe that? I still wish I was on his team. I still wish I was on his team.
0: Why do you think Jimmy would say this?
1: I still wish I was on his team. I still wish I was on his team. I still wish I was on his team. Why
0: would Jimmy say this on the full letter network right after eliminating that team? I still wish I was on his team. Oh, but you know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. My bad. That's not actually the first thing he said after he beat that team. Tobias, hands
2: over me. Tobias.
0: Tobias hairs over me, Tobias hairs over me, Tobias
2: Harris over me, Tobias hairs over me, Tobias hairs over me, Tobias, Tobias over me Tobias
0: Harris over me Tobias hairs over me. Oh my God. Tobias Harris over me. Tobias hairs over me. Tobias Harris
2: over me. Tobias Harris over me. Oh
0: shit, dog! Jimmy was not for play play. Jimmy closed them out in Philly, not for play play. Embiid in the post game is now saying we gaslit Harden, and also saying I have no idea why Jimmy didn't come back. No idea. Absolutely no idea. While Doc Rivers is claiming he did a good job. (laughs) While Doc Rivers is defending his resume and his career and his performance this year. Embiid is also at the podium saying, I don't know why Jimmy wasn't brought back. Tobias Harris over me. Tobias
2: Hair's over me. Tobias Hair's over
0: me. I mean, dogs. Even though allegedly... Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler didn't get along, which I still find a little hard to believe. Because wasn't at one point Ben was trying to rock a headband like Jimmy? They were like the headband brothers. Wasn't that a thing? I think Ben was more emulating, trying to ingratiate himself to Jimmy, because that that's kind of the rep of Ben is that he's kind of a he likes to ingratiate himself to people, even though he thinks very highly of, of himself. He knows a leader when he sees one because he's not. So, you know, he kind of likes to latch on to those who are leaders. And, you know, the fact that him and Jimmy were out there rocking headbands together made me think, all right, maybe they can figure things out. Yes, it was clear through NBA back channels that they weren't getting along. But when he tried to ingratiate himself by wearing headbands and all that, I said, all right, well, maybe they're trying to build something. But then once they also got knocked out in the second round, (laughs) <laughs> I mean they had to figure out what the hell to do. Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler? And the front office that at that point was Colangelo still there? Oh no, I think he was bounced up out of there by then, right? I think he had already tricked it off with the second phone and yeah, 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 that was also a thing. <laughs> His wife had to Yeah yeah yeah. So um that was after that. And, you know, it was Elton Brand, it was the brain trust of Elton Brand and the brain trust of one Doc Glenn, excuse me, Glenn Doc Rivers, who is defending his resume, is defending his whole legacy and his whole career because of one championship when he had three Hall of Famers in the starting lineup. Now, they had to choose between Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler, a player that's been a middling, sub-tier let me see if, if you want to go by tiers, right? Tobias has is probably a tier three, tier four player. And I mean, tier one, as in the one of ones, the stars, clear franchise players. Tobias has kind of hovered around that three, tier three, tier four range with Jimmy Butler at his peak, which has been over the last five, six years, which has included three different teams. He's been around tier two. So you can just cut and dry, say right there. Tobias Harris, at his best, is a Tier 3, Tier 4 player. Jimmy Butler, who has had a prolonged extended peak, has been at Tier 2. Again, still the brain trust of Philadelphia decided, yeah, we don't want a perennial Tier 2 guy. Give us the guy that floats perennially between Tier 3 and Tier 4. Tobias Harris over me. Tobias Harris over me. Tobias Harris over me. Players never forget
2: players never forget. Harris over, Butler, Harris
0: over me? Harris over me? Harris Never forget. And the reason why you don't pick a Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris over me? It's because you don't want a playoff series where a Max Struess locks up your tier three, tier four guy. Max Struess. Undrafted. Heat culture, all that shit, comes in and just locks Toby up. over me. Max Struis. over me. Max Struess. over me. <laughs> oh, not one conference final in nine years of this process. Long live Hanky. Long live Brett Brown. MC Dub. Your legacy is still intact. Thaddeus Young, your legacy is still intact. Who else was on that team? Let me pull up this tweet again, man. That's a hell of a. Eagle Dollar Iggy, who's out there in the Bay, still playing. Drew Holiday, who's out there in the other series, still playing. Oh, but you know. <laughs>
1: I still wish I was on his team. I still wish I was on his team. I still wish I was on his team. Why bring
0: back a player who can potentially get you to the conference
1: finals? A guy that damn near took a team to a championship by himself in the bubble. Why bring that guy back? A guy that realized,
0: oh, I went to Minnesota because I thought I had one and Cat ain't one Get me up out of here.
1: I still wish I was on his team.
0: And then y'all bring him in and then he realizes, all right, I got one here in Embiid. I still wish I was on his team. All right, I got to deal with Ben. All right, but we'll we'll figure that out. Oh, but wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Me and Toby are free agents, and you choosing who? Tobias Harris over me. Who? Tobias Harris over me. Who? Tobias Harris over me. But I'm him. Tobias Harris over me. You know where I want to be. I still wish I was on his team. You know where
1: I want to be. I still wish I was on his team. But you chose who? Tobias Harris
0: over me. Andre Iguodala drew holiday. Thaddeus Young. Evan Turner. Your legacy remains. This team can't get to the conference finals, so therefore we are still holding out for the Iggy, Holiday, Thad Young, Evan Turner, Lou Will core that at least went to seven in the second round.
2: <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Man, the timeline's so quiet now, man. God damn. Todd so quiet. It was it was all a rage. It was all a rage. Show sure you want to give me the Embiid injuries? Yeah, yeah, he fell down and went boom. He got concussed. He can't see in bright daylight. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. He put on the mask he played. Put on the mask he played. If you're the second in the MVP, if you think you're the real MVP, then I've seen MVPs play through some wild shit. And I'm not saying that even would have still been enough if he could have gave peak Embiid. But just the fact of the matter of I'm supposed to just erase this whole series just because Embiid wasn't healthy for the entire of it. I mean, get the fuck out of here. We don't do that with other series. It goes in the record as an L. And you have shown a perennial way of losing in the first or second round over this entire era. This process era. A Basura era. Nine years of losing. Nine years. Years of heartbreak. Nine years of mental illness. Daryl Morey put his reputation on the line. Daryl Morey went and got that old thing back. Picked man's up on a PJ. Was right there on the tarmac cheesing with him. Y'all keep thinking these guys know basketball just because they have jobs in Basketball. How many times are you at your job and you look to the left and look to the right and wonder, how the hell did so-and-so get this job? You don't think that exists in the NBA? You don't think that that happens in high-up places where you can look to the left and look to the right and wonder, how in the hell did these people get up here? Who in the hell hired so-and-so? Man's thought he revolutionized the game of basketball By having a tiered offense that is literally just James, do whatever you want as long as we end up with a three. He thought that was revolutionizing basketball. He thought that changed the game. And the furthest he got there was the Western Conference Finals and he needed a rejuvenated Dwight Howard just to do that. And then they went out there a few years later and missed... 27 straight threes. The threes that he thought was going to revolutionize the game of basketball. They went out there at the crib and missed 27 straight of them things. Did not go to the basket. Now one goddamn time. Fuck twos. We want all these threes. Tricked off a chance to go to the finals. Just because your math says three is more than two. I'd rather take a contested three than drive to the cup and maybe have a contested two. That's where we're at in today's NBA. It used to be with the Warriors. Our threes are more than your twos, which was you keep taking your twos. You keep doing that. You keep driving to the cup. You keep doing your mid range thing. But also over here, we have two then for a couple of years, three, Of the best three-point shooters of all time. So while you're good from two, you can shoot 40-50% from your two. I'm over here shooting 40 from three. So your 40 to 50 from two doesn't equate to my 40 from three. When I got three dudes who could do that. That math was mathing. This math now is not mathing. The overabundance of just taking threes. You can literally go down the box scores of these games. In my opinion, this become maximized here in the playoffs. All you have to do to kind of see if a team won is go look at the three-point percentage for the team. More times than not, whoever made more threes or shot a better percentage won the game. It's literally become that in basketball. So you can cheat and not really have to watch a game anymore. Just go look at the box score. Who made more threes? Who shot better from three? One team shot 45 from three. Another team shot 30 30 whatever from three. Oh, the team with 45 probably won. Because everyone's just taking threes. And not everyone can shoot threes like that. I've been holding that rant for a minute. Sorry I had to get that off in what we're talking about here, which is, you know, Philly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but on another day i will flush that out even more but please pay attention to the box score because i'm telling you you almost don't have to watch the games anymore just look at who made more threes either who made more threes or who or who shot better from three that's literally it you know the funny thing about doc the funny thing about doc rivers is that He talks about this legacy that he feels he has. He feels he's made a lot of right decisions. This is the same man who told Tim Duncan he can't bring his family on a private jet. This is a man who told one of the greatest power fours of all time, arguably a top five, top 10 player of all time who could have had him in his peak. He told Tim Duncan, you cannot bring your family On the PJ. I'm supposed to trust that guy. He's had three jobs since then. What (laughs) does Doc Rivers have over the league? What does he have over the league? He told Tim Duncan to his face. You can't bring your wife or your family on the PJs. They can't have. They can't have team charter access. So he went on that rant earlier in this series. It talked about how he cop basically and blamed the a bad Orlando roster. Andrew DeClerc and all of that, Pat Garrity. You know what happened when you had a chance to improve that roster that you shitted on early in this series? You tricked it off because you told Tim fucking Duncan he can't bring his family on the team charter. So while you want to throw shade at that roster, when you were the coach and VP of whatever operations, you had a chance to improve it. And what did you do? You had Grant Hill in the tuck. You had T-Mac in the the tuck. And you were this close to securing Tim Duncan. And you being you, you blew another 3-1 lead. You being you, blew another 3-1 lead. Greatest power forward ever. Top five, top ten player of all time. Willing to leave in his prime. In his prime. And you blew a 3-1 lead. Yet again, Doc. Yet again. That's the 3-1 lead. We don't talk about enough. That's the ultimate blowing of a 3-1 lead. But I know, look at your record, look at your legacy. So recently I was listening to a four letter network podcast and it's a, it's a person that leads the podcast that I actually do respect. They're a person of color and he normally does really good shit. Um, But unfortunately I think in, in an attempt to be different in, in an attempt to be contrarian to a, to a degree, he blasphemed Devin Booker. Um, and I'm a little tired of this anti-Devin Booker thing where people don't want to admit how good he is. I've been on here saying Devin Booker is top five, and people have questioned that every time I bring it up. Devin Booker has gotten better every year in the league. Devin Booker has played point guard. He's played off guard. He's played combo guard the entire time he's been in the league. He put up, what, 71 points. Yes, it was a loss. Yes, he was gunning for it, but he still did it. Right. And he did it against a top team in Boston that had a really good defense and he still dropped 70 plus on him. So um, long live Earl Watson. Earl Watson deserves another coaching job in the league, by the way. Just like Mark Jackson, low key is being blackballed and the Kings went Kings and chose Mike Brown over Mark Jackson. Uh, Earl Watson is also being blackballed. I don't know what that man did. I really don't know what that man did, but Earl Watson deserves a second chance at coaching in this league. It was said on this podcast that Devin Booker is the third most important son. Third. And look, y'all know how I feel about the point for art. And this, this isn't even a point for take. But the fact that we're now elevating DeAndre Ayton to being more important to the Suns than Devin Booker, none of this should exist without Devin Booker. None of it. When Devin Booker was out here wallowing away trying to get buckets on a lottery team, People didn't want to acknowledge how good he was. He went for 70 plus in the loss against Boston. And they still were trying to tear it down and chastise it. it. Wasn't in the nature of the game. He was gunning for it. His whole team was helping him get it. So fucking what? You know why they were trying to get him for it? Because they knew he could get it for him. They knew he could score 70. He's that fucking nice. I ran down the list a few pods ago about all the dudes that have dropped 50 and there's some ancillary names in there. There's some outlier names in there. You know where there's not outlier names? When you drop 70. 70. Then they go draft Aiden. And Aiden wasn't Aiden when he was young. I mean, he's still relatively young, but Aiden wasn't Aiden early in this contract. He was not living up to the prospects of being a number one overall pick. Especially, wasn't that the Luka draft? They could have had Luka. They could have had Luka, but they took Aiden. But D-Book was still carrying that team by playing point guard, by playing off ball, by playing combo guard. He was doing it all in carrying that franchise to some sort of relevancy. Then they make it to the bubble, and they go crazy in the bubble, and now Aiton is starting to look good because of who? Devin Booker. Aiton was finally healthy. He was finally understanding what his role is, and they were playing well, and they were hot in the bubble. Just missed the the the, the playoffs, right? They just missed the playoffs. They were in the play-in. Just missed it. They were one game out from missing the play-in tournament. What, they went 8-0 in the bubble, something like that? You know who noticed that, that that team right there with that guy, D book as the lead guy, that team's on the rise. You know who noticed that the point fraud and the point fraud decided that's where I'm going next. I'm going there because of him. And Aiden, but the main thing is I'm going there because they got him. And now look what that team has done since the point fraud brought himself to go play with Devin Booker. But now just because we have to, there's a rush to say the thing. You can't just admit that D book is that dude. Now we got to come up with hot takes. Well, I think he's the, mo- the third most important son. The fuck is you talking about? The fuck is you talking about? The dude that dropped 70? 70? The dude that's improved defensively every single year? That dude's third? Aiden couldn't score a bucket. Aiden couldn't score. Then in the bubble, they started running what? Pick and rolls with him and Book. Now what's Aiden doing? Doing pick and rolls with the point fraud. Now you telling me Book's the third most important? If I take Book off the Suns, you think point fraud and Aiden is enough? What are we doing? What are we doing in this landscape where we just say wild shit? It bothers me because it's, like, it's so clear what the answer is. D-Book is him. Who's him? D-Book. D-Book is him. He's really him. You can, you know, shade them for the Jenner shit. You can do whatever. I, that stuff doesn't really appeal to me. I don't never care. That's something, you know, I've been saying, as we, we talked about a few pods ago, or maybe the last pod, this pod's over 25,000 downloads heading, heading to 30. And, you know, even when I was doing radio back in the day in, in Long Island and Jersey and Philly, I've I've always said the same thing. Respect the player, not the man. I don't care what these dudes do off the court. Sure, that there's various levels to not caring, but essentially, I only care about what you do at your job. That's what I'm here to talk about and to analyze. All that goofy shit that happens off the court, I am i don't care for that unless it is something that affects society, the culture, things of that nature. But this rush to just tear down the book just for the sake of it, it just doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't. The term bucket is being used a lot. Being called a bucket used to be like a a specific thing. Now it's just a general term now. Oh, so-and-so's a bucket. So-and-so's a bucket. So-and-so can get you a bucket. But in the most old-school way, Devin Booker is that old-school version of a bucket. And he's not one-dimensional. He has led this team multiple times in this playoff run in assist when you had the point fraud that y'all keep telling me is the point guard and there's been many a night in this current playoff run where D-Book has more dimes than the point fraud I mean it's also the games when campaign has more dimes than the point fraud but I mean I mean you know, that's y'all hands, not mine. But the fact is, is that D book has been him. And as much as you know, this 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 dude from the four letter network is trying, he's trying to do things on 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 the digital platform. He's got television shows and all that. It's just like yo, dogs, come on, man, come on, man. Like if you just don't like dude as a player, if you don't like his game, then just say that. If you don't like his game, I'd rather you just say yo, dogs. I know he gets buckets. I know he's improved, whatever. I'm just not feeling, dude. All right, cool. That's a respectable opinion. I don't have to agree, but I can respect that opinion. But to jump out the window and say he's the third most important son? What? Are the Bucs going to trick this off? Are the Bucs going to fuck around and lose in seven because they couldn't finish the Celtics at the crib? Giannis went out there and went crazy. What, he had 40-plus and and 20? Tatum went out there and put up 40. And, man, Chris Middleton, as much as we want to talk, you know, Sixer fans are going to throw that Embiid injury for why their season is done, even though even with a healthy Embiid, they have gone no further than they have with a mangled, bodied Embiid. Chris Middleton not being here has really made a difference. As great as Giannis is, just depending on Drew Holiday to be an offensive option, as I've talked about here a lot, you know the fact that Drew Holiday now has to put up 20 shots just to kind of give Giannis a break, and Drew Holiday's never been the most efficient scorer in the world, and it's just it's becoming problematic. And let's let's go through here this uh, box score from last night, just because you know I rewatched the game, but I didn't pay attention to how many shots uh Drew got up let's see in real time let's look this up 17 shots yeah Giannis took 30 shots Drew Holiday took 17 and that's that's not what you want to do that's not what you want to do let's see the game before 24 shots yeah Drew Drew is Drew is picking up the offensive shot load I'm not going to say the offensive workload because you know his scoring hasn't been that crazy but for a guy that in the regular season only averaged 14 shots, the fact that he's now up here putting up 24 is telling. And that's because Middleton's not there, so it's amazing that he's able to play the defense that he has in this series and been able to get all these shots up. Because that's that's it. It exerts a lot of energy to play the type of elite A one defense that Drew Holiday does and put up 24 shots. And 24 shots. And yeah, he's gonna miss a lot. He's gonna miss a lot because he's never been that efficient. I mean, let, let's let's take a quick look at his shooting percentages. Yeah, he's he's a 40, 40% shooter, 40, 46% shooter. He's gotten better from three, but he doesn't take a lot of threes. So, you know, it's just he's just not that dude. He's just not that dude when it comes to the shots. Um asking Drew Holiday to be that second offensive option. Has never really worked for teams in the past that Drew Holiday's been on. But when you have a dude in Giannis who go out there and put up 44 and 20, I mean, you got a chance. I mean, that's at the bare minimum. You got a chance. But can they go into Boston and get another one? I mean, they they wasted a 14. 14 for 30. But I mean, that's like 50%. Giannis made half his shots. A couple of threes was elite for free throw. 20 rebounds, six dimes, two blocks, and 44 points. Now, here's where plus minus is crazy. I just gave you Giannis' stats. 44, 20, and six with a couple of blocks, two threes, shot damn near 50% from the floor and over 90% from the free throw. And he was a minus five. I mean, how is he a minus five? When you drop 44 and fucking 20. Anyway, Anna fucking Lennox. Can we blame Bobby Portis? When they have won, it's because Bobby Portis has given them something. Bobby Portis gave him 10 boards, but two for eight, and he missed all three of his threes, and he was playing at the crib. That's big. When your role players, and that's what Bobby is, I don't think he would take that as a slight, when your role players don't shoot well at the crib, it just accentuates the fact that they're role players. As great as he was in getting that game five win in Boston, he kind of reverted back to being Bobby Portis in Milwaukee at the crib, and that's that's telling because you want your role players to play better at home. But maybe he's got another one in him in game seven. He's going to have to. I think that's the only way. They need a third guy. By hook or by crook, a third guy has to give you something. Connaughton gave him a little bit of something last night, but Connaughton's 14 ain't the same as a Bobby Portis 14. Because Bobby Portis 14 is normally either getting threes or hitting the glass game offensive rebound putbacks. Like that. That's what Bobby Portis is. Like, Pat, Connaughton's 14, it's just outside stuff, jump shots. That That's not – that's those aren't game-changing plays. When Bobby Portis is out there hustling for offensive boards and killing the glass and crushing it and then knocking down open threes, that's where, you know, that that's the impact. You saw it in game five. You saw it in game five, and you didn't see the game six. And, you know, as crazy as Tatum went, 46 on 32 shots? Man, he really think he Kobe. That boy really think he Kobe. And he was last night. 32 shots. Imagine having Jalen Brown on the team and you still take double the shots. (laughs) Jason Tatum thinks he's Kobe so much that he's got Jalen Brown healthy on the team. And he's like, I'm still going to take double your shots, dog. (laughs) And sometimes it works. It worked last night. It worked last night. And sometimes Tatum looks like him. He's another one. We're like, yo, Tatum's him. Seven threes, seven threes. He was hot early. And I think last night was a perfect perfect example of a team having a chance to lay down and one guy saying it, Nope, not tonight. Tatum came out there and he was pretty much the only one early on, in my opinion, that was like being like uberly aggressive and forcing the action, and he was shooting well from three. And he was just like, nope, we are not going out tonight. We're not going to go out on the road. We're going to force it back to the crib, and then it's a single-game elimination. Whatever happens, happens. So for financial reasons, I would like it to be Milwaukee. But at this point, at the crib, I don't think home court means anything in this series because obviously both teams have lost games at the crib, especially the last two. Home teams have lost the last two games. So it's really just going to come down to who's the third guy if you're Milwaukee. I'd rather be Bobby Portis than, than Pat Connington. No offense to Pat Connington, but as I just said, like his his points don't hit the same. If it's Portis, uh, even if it's Brooke Lopez, like a big, I would prefer to be a big. And remember I said earlier how you could just look at the box score and tell who won just by the three points. Uh, here, here's exhibit A. The Celtics were 17-43. That's a 39-and-a-half. We'll round it up. They, they shot 40% from three last night. 40% from three as a team. Yes, Tatum's seven threes helped that, but 40% as a team. You want to go down to the Bucks. Seven of 29. 24%. So you can just look at that. Just one team shot 40% from three, another team shot 24% from three. Yeah, the team that shot 40% probably won, and that's what it was in Boston. That's what basketball has become, to. Thank you, Steph Curry. You ruined basketball. Have y'all stopped um, giving J.J. Reddick a standing ovation? (laughs) We're giving J.J. Reddick a standing ovation for saying the obvious thing. Mad Dog went mad dog and lived his truth. Right in front of the overworked and underpaid, now hiding behind the paywall, fresh off assembling his own big three. uh, Fraud A. Smith. And how come Fraud a. Smith is kind of skating for that? Fraud A. Smith has openly and embraced a guy that has not only just counterpoints to him, which is just whatever, that that's what the whole debate show is, right? But he's also brought someone with problematic views, like clear problematic views in the past. He's looking out for his mans, because as I've talked about here, Stephen A. saved Mad Dog when Mad Dog basically said black people aren't talented enough to be sports talk host. Stephen A. went out there, took a bag from Mad Dog and shot him some bail. Now, I don't know if this is returning the favor, but now clearly Fraud A. Smith is out here like floundering because he got Max Kellerman about the pain and now he needed someone to fill in. And at one point in time, they were throwing Jay Will out there. They were trying to have a. All black day where it was a bunch of former players on there. Like they've been trying to figure out the right motion in the potion, and they finally went back to that old formula. Black guy, white guy. Black guy, urban, white guy, conservative, and just let let the magic happen. And now you have Mad Dog Russo dusted off the scrap heap who was floundering away there in satellite and doing MLB network. And now he's given another chance to succeed, another chance to rise to prominence, another chance to get his takes off. And his takes are what you think they would be of a guy of a certain age that comes from Long Island. So so J.J. Reddick is popping up on the screen now and, you know, Mad Dog's going Mad Dog doing his conservative, you know, Fox News sports shtick. And J.J. Reddick called him out on it. And everyone applauded him on social media as if this was the first time ever that someone has called out Mad Dog Russo. It's like the first time. You know, I think it hit difference because of the optics of it. It's a white player chastising a white hot taker for having a problematic conservative take. So I guess there's that part of it. But it's like he said the most obvious thing imaginable. If you would have took any cognizant person, whether of color or not, and had Mad Dog spew that take in front of them, they would probably say the same thing that J.J. Reddick did. But because J.J. did it, and he's a former player, and he's building cachet in this media landscape, oh my God, J.J. did it. He killed him. He did. You think that really affected Mad Dog Russo? You think Mad Dog Russo is now going to move different? Because J.J. says something? I just told you a few episodes how his own channel that has his name on it gets down. That has that had, let me let, let me be clear, had a racist host at night stoking a base of callers that were dropping M-bombs left and right. That was on Mad Dog's own channel that has his name branded. You think J.J. Reddick's little hot take or little so- soliloquy is going to change this man? The same man that, you know, has used the N-word which was said by another dude that was also from Long Island who was on that all lives matter shit Grant Napier Grant Napier out here in a, I think it was is that tweet deleted I'm not sure if that tweet's deleted but I got the screenshot cuz I tweeted it out at the s a m d Grant Napier said as him and mad dog were coming up two dudes in Long Island by the way two dudes in Long Island <laughs> two dudes from long island anywho that growing up grant napier said mad dog came into the crib and was dropping n-bombs and grant napier's pops had to pull him outside and let him know that that wasn't appropriate now grant napier tried to say oh yeah that really impacted mad Dog." like we, we, we all know that that's bullshit because i could tell you 20 years after that that I'm on a channel that has Mad Dog's name on it and the host is in, is in stoking the fires of people to come on the air and say the N word. So that second part of the tweet is bullshit. I can buy, put my name in my rep on my mama. I will put my name in my rep on that. So now we have Fraud A. Smith giving that type of person a chance on his own platform, a platform that he clearly controls. He wanted Max gone. Max is gone. He wanted creative control in terms of who gets to sit next to him. He has that. He has purposefully chosen this guy. This problematic guy. Just because he needs to yell and scream with someone for his ratings to go back up. He made the choice that my ratings are worth bringing on a problematic figure. Again, I'm very selective in using the R word in terms of racist, but bare minimum man's is problematic and fraud A has chosen to bring this man on and enhance his platform meanwhile Tom Brady just walked in and got triple the salary of all these dudes (laughs) Tom Brady said move the fuck out the way The bag is where? The bag is wherever I'm at. If there's a bag to get, I'm going to go get it. Tom Brady is going to be working this year as a quarterback, collecting, whenever he decides to walk away, 37 and a half M's a year to call football games. And Tom Brady has never done anything or said anything that has ever made me say, You know what? I really want to hear what Tom Brady has to say about this. Because the one time Tom Brady had to say something, he didn't say anything, but we saw that MAGA hat in that locker, though. (laughs) We've seen that MAGA hat in that locker, Tom. He bounced back from that pretty quick. That whole Patriots organization was out there running around MAGA, and no one said a word because they were out there winning Super Bowls. Bob Kraft out there going to, you know, (laughs) going to parlors, getting jerked off. But, you know, (laughs) it's the shield, man. It's the power of the shield. Bill Belichick, deflate gate, cell phone, SIM cards being destroyed. I get it. I get it. I get it. Videotaping practices. I get it. But But the Lombardis, though. But the Lombardis, though. It don't matter as long as you got the Lombardis. So, yeah, Tom Brady got the bag, man. I don't really have too much for y'all on this. Like, to be quite honest, like, it's just the richer get richer. That's essentially what this is. Like, the richer get richer. Like, I don't know what else you're supposed to expect. If, if Troy Eggman and Tony Romo are out here getting, you know, 18, 20 mil, yes, Tom Brady's going to command and most likely receive. And he did double that. Yeah. If Troy Eggman's getting 18 mil, yeah. If I'm Brady, yep, I want double. I want more than double, actually. Yep, that's how that's going to go. If you want me, when my career is done, and the cachet that comes with me being me, and I can have my TB12 stuff on the set, yeah, I want double. Now, they're trying to spin it like he's going to be doing more than just games for Fox, like he's going to be doing like content and all this stuff. But, I mean, didn't he do like a a 12-part doc or some shit? He had his own last dance on ESPN, and I ain't heard nobody talking about that shit. (laughs) I ain't heard. No, like, we were all captivated. (laughs) For the Jordan one, we were all, we couldn't wait for that Jordan last dance. And Brady went out here and did a last dance while he's still playing. And no one gave a fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think his cachet. I don't think he's worth that. But his value to the masses, to the the casual person is worth that. So I just want to know, how is that money tabulated? Like, I know for Brady, it's just, I want double. Whatever Aikman is getting, Romo's getting, I want double. Okay, cool. But to add to to quantify that value, how do you quantify that Brady is worth that money? Is he going to bring in that many more viewers that he's worth double Aikman and Romo? Romo's shtick was he was predicting plays. Like that was his hook. And his enthusiasm for the broadcast that that's what he brought. Aikman is just a cache of I'm a former Dallas Cowboy QB that won three Super Bowls and he has knowledge. Brady's hook is going to be what? Because he's not terribly enthusiastic in terms of a personality. I don't think he's going to be predicting plays like Romo because then it would be look like he's just copycatting. And yes, he has obviously has the resume, but. I mean, do we really care about what Tom Brady has to say? are you going to watch a Fox broadcast specifically because Tom Brady is calling the game? Are you going to move away from red zone and watch the Fox broadcast with commercials because Brady's there? I'm not like I'm red zone all day. Like I, I refuse to watch a football game with commercials. Now red zone me, that's it. I would never say, all right, I'm going to skew red zone. And go listen to what Tom Brady has to say. It just seems I I don't know where this money is coming. Um, look, I know where the money is coming from, but I don't know how the value, how the return on this money, is supposed to be quantified. It's really interesting. Like the money's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier. I mean, what is is Mahomes trying to get a deal? If you're Mah- if Brady could get a deal while he's still playing, if I'm Mahomes, I'll give you twenty years, but I want a billion. If Tom Brady is 10 years, 375 million. If you're Mahomes right now and Amazon is trying to get into the game. Amazon got the bread. We know Bezos and them got it. If you're Mahomes, you already got 500 million from the Chiefs. I mean, it's, it's loaded with funny money, like loaded with funny money. However, the total value is a total value. Half a billion already. You think it's outside the realm of possibility that Mahomes could run up and say, yo, Amazon, when I retire, I'll give you 20 years. Or no, that's probably too unrealistic, right? Let's go 10 years. 10 years. The same 10 years Brady's going to get. But I want a billy. Why not? Or maybe, you know, maybe a billion is too, too crazy. Maybe I'm I'm jumping out the window. But half a billy? 500. If Brady's getting 375 for 10 and I'm Mahomes, Amazon, when I retire, 10 years, 500. 10 years, 500, like a real 500. Not that funny money, Kansas City Chiefs 500. Not that NFL not guaranteed contract 500. Like an actual 500. If I'm Mahomes, I, I'll, I'm telling my agent, yo, holla at them. Because this is what they're doing. They just they just want quarterbacks in the booth. Notable quarterbacks in the booth. Meanwhile, we have guys like Akib Tlaib, who I feel are like on the come up that are like really good at commentating, really good at providing that that color commentating that analysis. But, you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Man, Tua can't catch a break, man. God damn. Even on on an offseason where his team has done everything for him to help him succeed, they keep finding ways to make him look mid. They just keep finding ways to make this man look mid. After an offseason where they get him an offensive coach, enhance the offensive line, enhance the running backs, have a really good draft by most pundits uh take. Make a big splash trade for Tyreek Hill, a bona fide number one receiver. And then his own social media team fails him throwing a goddamn duck to Tyreek Hill, and it does three plus million views. <laughs> he can't win. That man can't win. <laughs> I keep telling you that man is DeMar DeRozan of quarterbacks. He is the mid-range king. He can kill you with 10 yards. 10-yard 10 outs, boom, he's right there. It's on the numbers. Seam route, he got you. Checkdowns, he definitely got you. Them sluggles, though. <laughs> them post corners, I don't know, bro. I don't know about them post corners. I don't know if he hitting those. And to wrap it up here, the NFL schedule was released. And the NFL just keeps making events out of everything because people are so infatuated with football and it's nice and neat. It's it's well now 17 weeks. The majority of its games are played on one day. So you could just sit back and lock in like it's it's a perfect TV consumption uh, vehicle. And they just keep making TV shows out of of everything. The NFL draft is a TV show. It went from one day to now three days prime time all types of wild shit so now they're making the schedule release a prime time event and it's took social media by storm the other day and it's like wow y'all just care about any fucking marshal of information about football just anything the schedule the schedule people are getting locked in on the release of a schedule amazing a fucking amazing It's information overload is information all overload. Like seriously, we're getting hype over a fucking schedule. But anyway, since I know I have some people here who like to um, throw some money at some apps for some gambling purposes, I will say this. The four teams in the NFC East all have the weakest schedule in the entire league. I'll say that. I'll say this again. All four teams in the NFC East have the weakest schedules, the four weakest schedules in the entire league. That means some overs are going to get hit in regards to team wins. Make of that what you will. Make of that what you will. I'm not going to say which teams you should bet on. I'm just giving you the information. I give you the information. You make of it what you will. The NFC East, all four teams, have the four weakest strength of schedule in the entire league. And I'm giving y'all that one for free. Like, I ain't trying to be Phil Mickelson and be out here owing 40 million because I'm just out here with, with, with gambling That's Like, no, I'm I'm giving away these picks. I'm giving away this strategy. I don't need it's not even a pick, it's a strategy. NFC East, there's teams there that have some value when it comes to team wins. Four weakest strengths of schedule. all four teams in NFC East you know what it is sorry Philly well not really Uh, you had to get your turn appreciate y'all for always listening Um, shout out to those who reached out um, giving feedback as always is always greatly appreciated um, shout out to those who congratulated. Yes, the pod has reached a milestone with that over twenty five thousand downloads. I don't take that for granted. Um, and again, yeah, man, look. Uh, when it's time finished, I haven't seen a lot of. I haven't seen a lot of feedback or anything on Twitter. Maybe, maybe what I was saying is kind of accurate. That that's what I'm going to say. Good season though. I mean, but again, it it ain't the book. So hopefully, y'all will take the time to read the book. But when in time, I think it's renewed. It's going to come back. I don't know what they're going to do because they skipped so much in that first season. But anyway, we'll have to look out for that. Uh, For the CMD Podcast, you know how I do weekly pods when we get to the NBA finals, pods after every game. That is confirmed that we'll be doing that by hookup by crook. So uh, for the CMD Podcast, I'm the CMD. I'm out.